Hi, everyone. Dr. Gwen Shietta here, and welcome to another episode of Life on Your Terms. I have a very interesting guest today. Her name is Mary Beth Decker. She is a former naval officer who is now a professional animal communicator. She is truly living life on her terms and has really taken that first L in my 7L framework, listening to a whole nother level. She truly heard her calling. And we're going to do something very special on this episode where she's actually going to do one of her communication sessions with my former pet dog, Bailey. I'm not going to say any more than that. We're going to get into it. But there are so many lessons here related to creating a life on your terms. A couple of the things that just struck me, and I'll share a few here, is the importance of clearing out the things in your life that don't serve you and the things that keep you from being the best person that you can be. I'm wondering, as you're listening to that, what are the things that don't serve you anymore? Maybe they once did, but now they're just clutter and distraction from truly creating a life on your terms. And think about the people, the tribe that you surround yourself with. Are they a tribe of people who support you and want to help you create a bigger life for yourself and a bolder life? Or are they afraid and be more comfortable if you stay small? All right, let's jump right in and get started. Mary Beth, welcome to the show this morning. I am so excited to have you here. And I'm just going to share this with you. This is probably if not the most unique interview, um, one of the most unique. And so I'm thrilled to be sharing this with our our listeners today. Thank you so much for being here. Well, thank you for having me, Gwen. It's it's pretty exciting for me too, because you're taking what I do from a totally different viewpoint than what I usually get to talk about. And I'm I'm excited, (laughs) you know, to look at it from 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 your structure of, of the the else and so yeah let's do it let's okay let's do this thing I, I yeah. right, we're going going from the animalistic to the to the human and we'll see how these things um, connect here but yeah the, so the viewers kind of have a, a sense Mary Beth give give a little bit of background about I mean what exactly it is that you do now um, and why your work is so important to you and you're so passionate about it. Okay, well, you know, um, if, you, if anybody's heard my story, I, I didn't come out of the womb talking to animals. <laughs> um, I would like to say it, but that would be a lie, so I don't say it. Um, it, it actually happened, uh, I was in my second career, I, I'm a retired Navy officer, and I was working at an association, and um, I became a Reiki master, and I noticed that my dogs were talking to me and communicating with me. And even after they had passed away, I was I was getting information from them. I was feeling their presence. And at first I said, well, you know, if my, my dog, Mr. Bishi, could talk, he just told me, blah, 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 blah. And then I found out it was a thing that there were animal communicators out there. And I'm like, whoa. Oh, so you so you never heard of this before? No, before. And no I don't think I, a lot I, of people have, right? So, so I was do, I would be, I was doing energy healing for people and and um, and uh, started doing a little bit for for animals, and then I when I learned that I I actually was hearing stuff, I went and got training and got a lot of training on on um, you know how to connect, how to interpret how to be open, and the reason I love it is, it, it, you really, for me, we're always dealing with a family, even if it's one animal and one person, it's a family connection, and when when I'm working with that animal and that person, their, that person's heart is so open, oh my goodness, even if they're mad at the animal for peeing outside of the litter box, they still love them dearly, you know, so my why it's so passionate for me is that we, working together, we can solve many times some of the behavioral problems, which allows people to have more love for their animals 
enjoy the relationship more. And of course, the animals benefit because they're feeling like, oh, you know, <laughs> I'm getting good. I'm back in, you know, good graces. And, you know, I'm not making people mad and I'm fitting in. And, and so, and also at end of life, I help with that. And I, I do love that. Um, some, some people, you know, there are doulas for bringing babies into the world. I, I, find, I think that's a great word for the transitioning out where you find out whether the animal is ready to go. Sometimes it's no, sometimes it's yes, and helping them through the process and then afterwards. And there's, oh, there is so much um, joy in, in helping the animal and the person, you know, feel connected through the process and even beyond. I love that. I love that. So it's it's all phases. So when they're here having the the best relationship that a pet and a person can have together or during those times of transition and and even beyond. Um, I think it's important, I, you know, I, I, Mary Beth, to, you, you touched on it. I want to make sure people heard it. I mean, you were a naval officer. This is—I just find it fascinating, <laughs> I, and I want people to know because you know they might think, okay, this is some woman. She was, you know, a yeah. card reader, was sort of a hippie type. It, it's interesting when I found that out about you. I was trying to put those two things together. You know, when you think very, uh, you know, I'm, I'm married to a for, you know marine, uh, former marine. Uh, okay, but, yeah, and yeah, here, you get right? it, right? Yeah, so it's very, you know, facts, uh, structure. It doesn't seem like there'd be a, a whole lot of room for um, this sort of out-of-the-box uh, type of work. And so I, I think it's important for people to kind of know that, and as you said, you weren't, you didn't come into the world this way. You didn't aspire you didn't say that's what I want to be when I grow up as an animal communicator mm -hmm. um, but you know my framework the seven L's the first L is listening and you take listening to a whole nother level <laughs> so which is why I was so fascinated to have you on the show it's like wow she's really listening and takes us to a whole nother level and that's what you know we we, we want the listeners to be able to do is listen mm -hmm. to that their own internal communication so, but but say, if you want to say a little bit more, I know you you were a Reiki master, so you were already kind of started moving in that direction mm -hmm. in your career pathway. And it's but it sounds like there was a, a pivotal event, perhaps. Was it with your dog, um, oh, Tibor? Tibor, yeah. Um, he's such a good guy. He he was um, he started off tough. Um, he's a rescue dog. And um, okay, so I'm just I'm sorry I'm seeing the picture. So let me let me say the picture. Yeah. He he has a he got he came to us at about a year and a half. Lots of scars for the young boy, broken tooth. Um, some of the skin still hasn't the hair hasn't grown back. Um, so so you somehow he was in a rough place. Um, and I won't go beyond that because because we don't need to. But I'm sitting next to him on the couch. More than once, I see a man standing in a suit, a really thick suit, and a German Shepherd running up a protective suit and biting his arm. And if you've ever seen how they teach dogs to be guard dogs or to attack, that's what I was seeing. And I saw it more than once. And I'm looking down at Tibor's thinking, what are you telling me? Because he's like this really mild little dog, little 55-pound little dog, tail wagging, love to be hungry. So that was it that I said, i got to find out what's going on. I, I really, I need to know what's up, what's up with this boy. So that's when I, that's what really shifted me into finding out um, he had experienced some pretty horrific stuff, and um, through my animal communication, we were, we were able to get him from being a reactive, aggressive dog to a little softy. So, but what, what allowed you to say, okay, this image, so this image and this thought just sort of came to you. It did. And what, it did. what made you not just think that was a random thought or, or not just, just dismiss it or question why, why might, what made you go, wow, this is like literally coming from my dog. 
Well, okay, so I had the previous stuff that opened me up. My, my couple of my dogs had done it, but this one kept reoccurring. So, and there's nothing in my, there's nothing in my life that I could say, oh, that's a memory of blah, blah, blah. No, I got no, nothing around guard dog training. No. So it, it definitely wasn't me. And it happened more than once, and I knew I had a dog with some issues. So I thought, and that's when, of course, how things happen. I knew a lady who said, oh, that's animal communication. You need to learn about that. So You did. So somebody kind of brought this Within to my attention. life, yeah, saying, oh, yeah, I use an animal communicator, yeah. And so you literally found out that that image, like that, gold, that uh, German Shepherd and this man, I mean, that was... That was an actual thing that you were able to confirm that, that that was, that wasn't, uh, that was a memory, an event that happened in Tibor's life. I believe it was because it's the only explanation I have. You know, I, I have the physical evidence that there was some tough stuff going on. Uh, my guess is they were trying to turn him into a guard dog. And this is a lover. You know, he, he's not a, he, that's not his role in life. And so how, how does this work? I mean, we'll get into the experience, and I just want to give the listeners a little bit of a teaser that later in the show, we're going to actually do a little bit of an impromptu session. I've sent Mary Beth a photo of our beloved dog who is no longer with us. Um, full disclaimer, I have never done this before. I haven't told Mary Beth anything about our dog. She knows her name, and she has seen a picture um, so we're going to do that a little bit later in the show to see how this might actually work. But from a, a science, I, I'm curious, I did an interview with somebody a couple of weeks ago, and he, we talked about the first L of listening, and he described it from a perspective of quantum mechanics. He's uh -huh. you know, that, that there really is, it's not just, oh, you know, I thought of my grandmother and then she called. There is a, a literal science behind it. I don't know, so I'm curious, Mary Beth, with this communication with the pets, how how does it work? How what is, is there a science behind it? What what is it? Well, you you hit it you hit on it. Um, I was going to do quantum physics because that that's the only thing that seems to answer it from a scientific point of view. So and the other thing is that they're finding is that they're they're describing it kind of like of a web, or or. A field of energy where we're all connected and uh, that's pretty much out of time and space and so that um, when you figure out how to make that connection out of time and space that's where the communication occurs um, it's almost like a meditation but a, a waking meditation where, where you're getting that information and at somewhere on the quantum subatomic level, you, you, there's two beings that are connecting on purpose and sending information back and forth. And our bodies are really set up actually to, to take that information in. Just as my brain saw something, uh, it was there. It was, it was just that Tibor was sending it, and somehow now something had shifted that I was actually picking it up where I wasn't before. Maybe it was your receptivity, you know, mm -hmm. that, that honing. I mean, it seems that we truly have this ability to, yeah, to, to hone these skills. And I think people um, are more open to believing that person to person, right? Because I, I would say probably, I don't know what the, the data shows, but that we can all say, oh my God, I've had this experience where I was thinking of someone and then they, they call me immediately or... Um, you just get this strong feeling and, and then it manifests, you know, somehow. Yes. Yeah, on, on some level. I mean, I have had so many of those experiences uh, throughout, my, throughout my life. I mean, I can speak personally to that. But I think it's harder for people to go, oh, yeah, but, you know, person to, to dog or person to cat, they don't, they don't, they don't speak English or they don't, they don't speak, you know, the, the same kind of languages that, that we do. I think it's harder for them to... Um, grasp or to believe that that can happen, that we could connect with anything other than a, another human, perhaps. Yeah, I, I get that. And, and what, I, what, I think, um, what I think is is that maybe they're not speaking English, but they're sending us 
data and information and we between the both of us are we are set up well enough that we can interpret it in a way that makes sense or is meaningful um, so I get a lot of I get a lot of stuff symbolically uh, so not you know I can't say the dog just said this although maybe you know, there's in cases where I'm pretty sure the dog did say that <laughs> but but I'm getting I'm getting the flavor the gist the meaning the the intention of the communication we all at least those of us who live with animals we all know that they certainly have their own uh, being and thoughts and feelings uh, if we've ever spent any time with with them I mean you got to give them that so definitely and whether uh, you it's know, right they're not just automatons you know no. I mean and you no. can see the expression in their and their eye I mean I I I felt, and I don't know if it was literal or just from the body language, but I felt like I always knew what my dog was thinking. Right? I mean, right? it's like, you know, I mean, she, I mean, literally, sometimes she would speak. I mean, take me to the beach, take me. I mean, yes, it was. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah, you know your, you know your animal, you know, uh, well enough. There's definitely a relationship, uh, verbal, you know, and, and nonverbal in some ways. And so if we were to shift this a little bit uh, for a moment to the human <laughs> perspective, right, that... Um, you know, back to the seven L's for a second, and that first one being um, listening. So we yeah. have these sort of external connections that we might have with other people or with our pets. But there's also this um, inner voice um, that I, I find fascinating and that some people seem very well connected. And obviously, it sounds like you've honed that right from this yeah. external world to this very internal um, and I think that, you know, through our lives, sometimes that gets shut down. We, mm -hmm. we start ignoring that. Um, we have people in our life that discount, you know, our, our, even our, our external thoughts and, and, and statements that we make. And so we start shutting even down that inner voice. And I think that's so when we become disconnected from even being able to create or envision a life on our terms, and we end up very far away, perhaps from where we want to be, um, do you have thoughts about that? What is that inner voice? Is it the same science and, and things that can explain that? If you're, I know if you're, people are religious, they may think of it as a soul. Other people think of it just as um, the universe speaking to them. What, what, how do you define that? Oh, I, I think, uh, wow, I'm still, I'm still working on that one. That, it's such a good question. I, I, I think the universe conspires and, uh, to move us in the right direction and uh, and it gives us many opportunities to to go in that way. I really think that we this is Mary Beth's opinion or my belief system. I think I wrote pretty much what I wanted. I, I had a bucket list coming into this life. I did not at the end of life, but there's certain things I wanted to get done this life. And I, I think uh, I made agreements for certain things to happen. And certain people to be in my life, and I always have the choice to ignore it. But I think the two by four gets bigger, you know. Um, where, where if you want to use the term God, Creator, I mean that with the utmost respect, gives you a bigger hint that you're not moving in the right direction, you know. Yeah. Um, the funny, a funny story is I, you know, I've been sober since '81. But one of the things that happened to me there was I was in the Navy. I was at a training station, training uh, command, where we were teaching people how, to, this is even funny, we're teaching sailors how to drink responsibility. And if you know, all the sailors here are probably falling on the floor laughing at this point. But that was our job. And um, to, to, you know, what responsible drinking was. And, and, um, and, I, and I had to go to some AA meetings. So... I believe that the, the universe has a sense of humor because I'm teaching this stuff. I'm going to an AA meeting and then I'm going out and I'm, I'm drinking irresponsibly. <laughs> You're not walking the walk. I was like, huh, <laughs> you know, what's wrong with this picture? So I could have ignored it, but it was, it was like, huh, I think, I think I get it. Okay, let's, let's, let's stop this behavior and move on. And I did. I got sober. 
Wow. And so it was, I think the universe does have a sense of humor. I do. And it is kind of a what comes first. Did you, did you pick up on that because you were attuned to your inner voice or did it just smack you across the face? (laughs) So, you know, but you need to get this Mary Beth, but somehow you you paid attention. I, I do think that I was attuned. I had had some. Uh, I had had an spiritual experience when I was twelve. Um, that there was a loving creator, and I think probably that was an opening to to be attuned to what's best for me. Maybe. Yeah. So so there there is a there was a, still a part of me that said, "Oh crap! You better get the you better clean this thing up, or it's only going to get worse." Right, and you have you have work to do. I mean, how fascinating that! So you had to first listen, get yourself organized, so that then you could listen even more as your as actually what you're doing is your life's work. You know, yeah. Um, so you had kind of had to jump over that personal hurdle before yep. you could really hone those skills. Yeah, and 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 what has been the task, I believe, for me is to clear out the limited. The, the stuff that doesn't serve, you know, the the behaviors and the thoughts and the beliefs uh, that don't that, that keep you from being the best person you can be, uh, and just being willing to let you, you know work on that next piece of yourself that that uh, is kind of embarrassing to have. <laughs> so. You know, um, that's a perfect segue, Mary Beth, you know, okay. the, 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 so with the first L being listen, right. And the second L being love, which I describe as, um, your values and your passions, you know, living, living in alignment with those, which obviously with your work, you are living your passion and, mm-hmm. and what you value. But that third L is layers, meaning those things that you have to work through, um, to truly create a life on, on your terms. And those layers may be um, society saying, which I'm sure you got some of that, of, oh, my, you're, you're going to do what? You're going to go from being a naval officer to an animal communicator. Um, so I'm sure you, you had some external messages that you had to, to deal with. But it also sounds like, yeah, you had some internal layers, um, as you just said, to be able to move through, to 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 be able to do your life's work and be the best you possible. Exactly. I, I, I think that possibly the internal ones were tougher than the external ones. Uh, because a lot of self-judgment. Who, who do you think you are? Um, Imposter syndrome. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, you know, you're going to share what you do and you're going to put yourself out there for ridicule and disbelief. Does that... Does that sound like fun? You know, um, uh, are you good? Am I good enough? Um, you know, a lot of the, a lot of self doubt. A lot of I think not a lot of self love either. There, I was I built up a I I had to clear out a lot of stuff about not loving myself and who I was, and forgiving. Uh, and letting go of those pieces that uh, that were unattractive, <laughs> yeah. which probably weren't so unattractive, but in your mind they were. <laughs> They're pretty unattractive. <laughs> um, so, yeah, yeah, you're kind. So, um, but the outside too, the the outside people, you know, you think, um, wait a sec, I knew, I knew you when you were drinking. So, how did you become this? animal communicator, which sounds so glorious, you know, or, yeah, I knew you were a naval officer. You know, how did you move to this? Or even the, the, the last uh, networking meeting that I, went, networking meeting I, I went to where people just stop. When you tell them what, what you do, they stop, and they look at you, and you see that you've grown two heads, and you don't know where to take the, top, the discussion after that. <laughs> Exactly. And you know, you yours was sort of a double whammy. It would have been one thing if you went from being a naval officer to um, maybe you went to dental school, you know, or something like or you became an accountant. It's like, okay, wow, major career shift, but two things that people can wrap their arms around. So not only did you, you know, major shift from the naval officer or from people knowing you as, as drinking and kind of that was your identity. 
but then to something so obscure that people a don't understand and we know what happens when people don't understand right mm-hmm. it's there can be judgment or that's not credible or i don't i've never heard of that so it must not be real or valid so all you, of that stuff yes. yeah so so you had the the double layers i mean i'm so so many people would just stay small and stay safe and not mm-hmm. take that risk um i mean that's a that's a you have to have a, so much courage to to do that and to to come from from where you were i mean i just to share you know for a second with you i know exactly mm-hmm. what you're talking about um when i tell people my personal story uh i have a i have a doctorate in clinical psychology and it's interesting when people see me now with that you know and i'm a, an elected mm-hmm. political official and i I have my doctorate and it's like, okay, they, if, if they didn't know me before, it's like, oh, wow, that's who you are, right? Right. Um, but I also have a GED. I was a high school dropout. And <sighs> <laughs> yeah, I'll just let you sit with that one for a second. Um, oh, and wow. yeah, that's cool. That's <laughs> cool that you did that. But it's but you got beyond it, yeah, yeah. Yeah, my dad got had a GED. He was very, he was very ashamed. He, we didn't hear about it for quite a while. So, yeah, there's there's that's amazingly cool. And yeah, that sometimes that shame, but once you kind of start to own it, and it, mm-hmm. it honestly, um, it's just like you. It's it's become part of my life's work, right? right. So, um, helping other people live a life on their terms, and you somehow over come that and you learn a lot a lot of lessons right it, uh, in the yes. having a having an interesting perhaps challenging path at times so um, I get exactly I, I get exactly what you're saying and that but yours even being that more obscure so you made the you made the leap so for for people listening who are like oh my god so this is this is your job this is a viable business this isn't just something you do as a hobby on the side right so that mm-hmm. fifth l yep. being lease i mean yeah can you can you share just i mean briefly did I, I how did you just how did you move beyond those layers and just make the leap to say you know what this is my calling this is what i'm doing with my life yeah i i i'm um you know each person can be seen as a, a as an animal and I think my totem is the turtle so I took it slow uh, I, I stayed working for the association that there was a really good bunch of people and I started I started uh, working to build my confidence in my abilities and that you know that's just such a huge point where you know people say where I'm getting information from the people confirming that what I'm doing is really useful. Like the cat, one session the cat's using the litter box again, or you know, or or the dog is is um, walking politely on the leash. And I'm not a dog trainer, by the way, so that's that's not what I do. Um, so a lot of a lot of work in in group trainings and practice and working with people, uh, being around. Um, you know, being with a tribe that they talk about that, finding a tribe of people who are interested in supporting you yeah. and getting bigger yeah. and seeing the bigger, bigger you, that, that was really crucial. Uh, I don't think I would have done it by myself. I think I would have, um, no, I, it's not, I wouldn't, I, I would absolutely not have done it without finding so a group of people to who were also interested in getting bigger and doing more and we were supporting each other so that that was crucial too you know you talk about these basically we're a lot of what we're talking about is the law of attraction and don't you mm-hmm. find mary beth that the more that you do that you step out and you sort of make this commitment to getting bigger popping your head out of that turtle shell <laughs> and yeah. you know and the those people tend to show up in your life they do, and they do. They become they get friends and supporters and colleagues, and uh, you come from a place where everybody wants. It's just so lovely. We we all want each other to do well. You know, we got each other's backs, and that is delightful. You know, and it, and it's very. Um, it it just fuels the ability to go out there and do the next thing that scares you half to death. 
And when so, you so and this is what you're this is what you're doing full time. I mean, this is yeah, your business. It, it is. So when you think about, you know, we kind of take that leap and then and then land, right? And we kind of look around, <laughs> you know, land is sort of that that sixth L and, 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 and we look around and we say, wow, okay, I'm, I've come to this plateau. We're never truly done, but we say, all right, I've, I've been on this journey. I made that leap. Um, what would you say are some of the, the key takeaways in terms of, of living your truth? I mean, you, you know, you broke through some barriers to get where you are. What, what? well, the, the one thing that, let's see, the first thing that pops to my mind is that when I'm doing a session, I am close to happy and in heaven, you know, so that that's very reinforcing for me. Like, I'm like, ah, oh, this is so good. Um, it's telling you you're doing the right thing. It like, is. It so is. It's really in the person's person's, uh, you know, nothing's nobody's perfect. Right. Nothing's perfect. Um, and so I'm not saying like everything's like every one of those sessions are, are beyond perfection, but but. The place that we go together is just so lovely, and, and what happens in, for most part is is so wonderful. So that keeps me going. That's something I learned that 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 I chose incorrectly. Uh, the other one that I just learned how to put, phrase it lately, um, Carolyn Mace talks about um, things that happen to us to be, see them on the impersonal and the personal side. Um, so. Now that I've jumped into being an entrepreneur, and it took me 10 years to say that word, uh, <laughs> seriously, uh, there are many things that are not easy compared to when you worked for somebody else. And when I, what, what she said was, you know, life happens to everybody. It's not just me that is having the trouble with all this stuff. So if when it becomes, when I see it as impersonal, these are the things that people who go out on their own do. I don't spend as much time in the poor me stuff. It's like, no, this happens to everybody. And that's really key for me because otherwise I get stuck in the, oh, why is it easier? I thought it was feel the dreams, you know, build it and they will come. And right, <laughs> and right. It's, it's so not. <laughs> no, I mean, you, no. you get the affirmation that you're doing the right thing, like you said, and you have to pay attention. Yeah. You have those those wonderful, wonderful, juicy moments that keep you going. But then, yeah, yeah it's it's there, it's a business. Reality. Yeah, there's the stuff that happens to everybody. And, and to remember that that's not it's not personally happening to Mary Beth. Um, poor me. Uh, it really helps me keep keep an even keel. Um, and then and then you go to the personal of okay, so what are you going to do about it, Mary Beth, which is also more useful than being in the poor me's, uh, the victim mentality. Right? Um, I think entrepreneurs look at those things as this is a challenge to be solved. You know, yes. it's, it's you take the emotion out of it. And you look at it as a puzzle of a, a challenge to be solved, you know, not not something personally keeping you down. Yeah. I, yeah. And that's something I've had to learn. Yeah. Truthfully. Yeah, it can, it can be hard. It can definitely be hard. And so when you look at when you look at what's next, you know, what, what are you hearing, Mary Beth? What's, what, what are you listening to that's calling you? You know, that seventh L is level up, right? So as entrepreneurs, especially, we, we get to these plateaus um, and there's, there's always something else, whether it's uh, creating something or growing or, or maybe shifting. Is there something that's calling you now that you're, that you're listening to? I, I am um, looking for ways to, as I would say, have a communicator in every family, in every vet's office, in every rescue. Um, you know, is just one of the things people can do where they're actually communicating with animals, and it's just a part of the, the norm of how we how we help how we make decisions around animals and what's best for them at the zoos. Um, I'm starting with, because I work with people and families, that's where I'm starting, but I'm holding the bigger vision for that really being part of the equation. And I think when I go to the bigger place, then I'm, I'm holding for a shift in our relationship with animals where we see each other as 
maybe maybe in the best sense, different nations of peoples. You know, you go back to the old Native American ways. Many of those tribes, seeing they call them the beaver, the be, they would call animals the beaver people or the bear people, and there was sort of a respect of equals rather than you know we are the master and they are and we are dominant over them and uh, we we do what we want to do because we get we get to be in charge we we are the ones in charge and so uh, i would i would uh, i would envision a place where we start getting more horizontal in our power sharing relationship with with uh, the many species of animals and seeing how we can live on the planet together respectfully. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I talk about, you know, thinking bigger. I love that. I, both, both, both sides of what you just shared, but yeah. where an animal communicator is just sort of a, a normal part of a team. When you think of an integrated, you know, medical team, <laughs> you have the different people playing different roles and having that same kind of a, a structure for, for, animals as well and that it's just um accepted that yeah. and you're right and the, the horizontal versus the the vertical power i think that's um a beautiful beautiful image i'm with you on that okay. <laughs> i i'm so i'm so with you on that and so when you when you think about that you know mary beth and your life and your journey um and the risks that you've taken and i have so much respect for your for your courage, I mean, how do you, how do you personally define a life on your terms? You know, what, what, what does that mean to you to say, wow, I am creating a life on my terms, living life. And I, you know, sometimes I hesitate to say that. I don't want people to think of that in a selfish way that it's, you know, my way or the highway, but meaning that you're living in alignment. You know, when you say you have that sort of aha moment, uh, with a, with a session, sometimes we have those aha moments in our life, right? That everything yes. kind of gels. And so that, you know, when we think about that, that's when we know, all right, I'm living life on my terms, my, my personal truth. Um, how do you define that? You know, and that, I love that. That's another great question because that's, I'm really wrestling with that. I'm, I'm 63 and I'm like, all right, you got a third, you know, two thirds of the life is there. What are you going to do? How do you want it to look? Even more, right now, really, really, it's like, this is it, girl. <laughs> yeah. So um, on my own terms, I started thinking about what do I, you know, what do I want to, how do I want it to be? And on my terms, it's, uh, it's really important to me. Relationships are really important to me now. And um, I'm tearing up a little bit. But friends and family, uh, colleagues, uh, you know, we, when you're in a corporate environment, sometimes we all get to start feeling like automatons. I've used that term again, but, you know, the, doing what it takes to nurture long-term relationships and valuing that because I really want people around. I want them around for the rest the rest of my time here. I want, I want it to be real. Uh, so that that's that's part of what I'm doing on my own terms, um, and it, and also, uh, well, of course, animals. Just stopping and uh, being present when there are around animals, and uh, being a positive force. Um, I don't know that. I don't know what that's going to mean for real, but to just holding that that's that's going to be part of my mission, and and I'd like to you know, I want to live in a way that more than ever now um, there's still there's still a lot of good things for the people in a hundred years still have a lot of good things going on in this earth. Um, I'd like to do whatever we can to keep this this beautiful place going. And, and I get a little worried about that lately. So um, that's on my terms. I mean, I'm just one person who says, I, 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 um, I'm, I'm weighing in on saying I want, I want a beautiful earth that grows good food, clean air, clean water, animals 
thrive, we thrive, and um, people people also thrive. And you know, my joke is. So I grew up Christian, so I want the biggest argument on the planet to be, where do we put the Christmas tree, you know? (laughs) I want that kind of stuff. (laughs) Exactly. You know what I love, Mary Beth? Nothing that you just ticked off there was material. You didn't, you know, you didn't say, I want to be, you know, a multimillionaire in the next five years, you know, and I want to... um, you know, have this compound or, or whatever. I mean, everything that you just described were truly about your personal values mm-hmm. not versus society saying, this is what success looks like, right? Yeah. When you've achieved these things. And it sounds like as uh, the, the further you go on this path and this journey, the more clear you're you've become about your true core values and what what really, really matters to you for a fulfilling life. And I yes. love that, you know, thank you. And that you're committed to you're committed to listening and paying attention to those to those values that truly bring happiness versus maybe the things that we think, you know, might might bring happiness. Right. Uh, I'm all for um, I'm all for abundance. <laughs> Yeah, that's not bad. I am. I mean, I'm not. I, I am. I'm. I'm loving that. I'm loving that whole whole idea. I just like abundance for everybody. Yeah, <laughs> you know? exactly. All the souls on the planet, all of us. Right, and you're an entrepreneur. Obviously, we all have to to make money. It's not saying okay, and everything will just work out. But yeah. I think it's you're being you. You are um, an entrepreneur that's in in alignment with. Uh, with with your soul and your values, right? Mm-hmm. And I think when we live that way, um, the the universe will prevail. It will provide, right? Yeah. What we yeah. what we need when we are living our truth, and and part of that is trusting that. That's beautiful. Thanks. Yeah, exactly. I and love it. I am so. I'm. So, I have no doubt that uh, you, you will continue. I'm not going to say we'll do big things because you've already done big things, and made big leaps. And it's. I. I so appreciate you sharing what you have about your your journey. This is um, such a beautiful, beautiful story. I'm curious, though. I'm sure um, people are are dying to hear this next piece of. All right. Let's. Um, Let's put this into action. <laughs> um, let's let's take a look at um, what animal communication means, um, or look looks like, or hear hears like. I will say, since this is yeah. audio only, uh, and I have to admit, Mary Beth, uh, you know, I'm a little nervous. I have never done anything like this, mm-hmm. um, and I won't say you know any more. I don't know because I don't want to influence. I don't know if I'm supposed to. You know, I don't want to skew things. Uh, but like I said at the beginning of the interview, I shared a, a picture with you of our dog who is no longer with us. Uh, that's all. That's all you know. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm gonna. I'll turn it to you to to lead us through this next piece um, of basically we're doing an impromptu uh, animal communication session. Yes. Okay. And and I got a picture of Bailey here, and I'm looking at her. Um, what I would usually do um, is sometimes I'll, I, I will usually look at the picture ahead of time. There's something there's something about pictures that, that, that if I sit quietly with them, it just gives me a little bit of information. Um, and it's not just like looking into the eyes, but there's 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 things that pop out of me. It's completely symbolic. It doesn't make any sense. Um, I don't know what. Can I ask you when the, this picture was taken um, it, prior to her passing on, or is it a... It was, um, I believe it was about a year. I, I think it had a date yeah. on it, right? It said 2015. I'd have to look. Yeah. Um, and she passed in... In February of 2016. Okay. All right. Mm. Well, because I'm already feeling a little bit of sadness there, like maybe, and um, there is just, um, 
Okay, let me just get quiet. So what what I do is I listen. I get quiet and just listen or or see what I get. So it feels that even at the picture, the time there was a kind of knowing that um, there was a move on the way out and a little bit of sadness about leaving you. Um, that so there was a you know some of these things I say I go to my I think of myself I'll be honest I'm like well everybody would figure that out but I'm going to say it anyway because I'm because many times it's just true so a slowing down of the body uh, just just a slowing down of stuff at this point um, but this interestingly it feels like. Um, the, the the think the thinking and the feeling was still really really sharp at least from you I don't know how she seemed to you but in, in her inner self was very clear and precise and wonderful um, so I'm gonna just say that so so the next thing I do is I invite I invite her to come in and it, it come into my office and I see how she shows up. And so I'm just going to ask Bailey to come in and see see what I get. <laughs> so she didn't walk in. She's actually flown in, which is to remind me that, um, so she's like, so, so if the floor is there, she's like three feet above the floor, just kind of flying in here. And I see a younger version of her to, to tell me that she, in the Japanese she'd say, I am Genki, I am well. Uh, so what else? Um, so she just gave me a hug for you. She wants to give you a hug. <laughs> All right, so... Um, that's a, a big back. hug. That's a big <laughs> hug. She's a big uh, dog. Yeah, she's a big dog. It's a big hug, um, and a little bit of uh, a little bit of slobber going on. Um, <laughs> yeah, and a big tongue. Is that true? Well, obviously, looking at pictures. Yes, and a big tongue. But there's a lot of love there. Um, so let me let me just start it off the way. Would is there anything you want to tell her, or you would like to ask her? You know, it was it was very very difficult making the decision. We we put her to we had to put her to sleep. Yeah. Um, and it and you're right about her mental state. It what was so difficult about making that decision was um, mentally she was fine and mostly physically she was fine. But her her legs, being such a big dog, her hind legs really had given out. Mm-hmm. And we have a house that's uh, the first level to get into our home. You have to come up an entire flight of stairs because we live on the Chesapeake Bay and it can flood. So it's it's the whole house is raised up. And so um, I've had a lot of guilt that was she ready to go? Because I always thought, well, if we lived in a one story house that was on the ground, maybe she could have lasted, you know, um, another year. I mean, she was definitely in pain. It was difficult for her to even get up. You know, she hated the winter going outside, but I just thought, oh my gosh, are we doing this too soon? You know, my husband and I had thoughts of, should we just move so that she could, uh, you know, be on a, be on a flat surface? Um, because we literally like could not get her up and down the stairs anymore. I mean, she, she weighed 165 pounds at her height, and my husband had had back surgery the month before we had to put her down. And we li- like literally, you could not lift her, you know. And um, it was it was horrible. I mean, she was literally our child. So yeah, I just you know I I just you know was she ready to go? I mean, was she was she ready to go? Was she okay with that? She. Um yeah, I'm getting a lot of a lot of warmth in in my chest and um, in in my uh, abdomen, and that is saying that is that is a definite yes. That so let me let me hear how she would say it to you. 
she said you you know and I did pick up the sadness that she she's uh, sorry she is she's absolutely okay with it she said she she she, she puts it this way she knows what she signed up for okay so and it wasn't you you were you were correct in saying it, it wasn't much fun for you. It wasn't much fun for her. And it, it really wasn't much fun for her. Um, she, she was, um, she was at the point where, you know, you your return on investment, but she just wasn't getting her return on investment for being in this body anymore. Um, even though, uh, she just sent me like you take the biggest heart valentine heart she just sent that big valentine heart to you guys you and your husband she, bigger than her so she just sent it to you. she really loves you and it's not in the past tense she really loves you but 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 you're right that 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 was that was no fun for her um it it's it remi- okay so it reminds me of um you know death is is a, a much like a birthing as well and uh it, it when you have when you are pregnant or at least when i was pregnant i was scared of childbirth but there's a certain point where you go get this baby out of me right. <laughs> i am ready to move on you know this is just too uncomfortable so she was at that point with her body was like i need to go <laughs> there's, there's no there's there's it's time um so uh, she she's absolutely yeah she's absolutely okay I'm feeling a lot of peace um, it was and it is clear that which I just love is the decision was made with absolute love and concern for her and she knows that <laughs> that's good so she wants you to know that 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 came through it wasn't the wrong time um, I have met animals who are being close to being put down and they weren't ready to go. I, and I, so I'm not saying like, I get this from every animal. I'm telling you that for Bailey. Yeah, you, you did good. I'm happy to, I'm happy to hear that. Yeah, really. Um, oddly enough, she tells me she's playing with puppies. I have no idea, but, but she's enjoying herself, um, hanging around with playing with puppies, sort of mothering mothering puppies um i suppose <sighs> that's funny that you mentioned that because well we we got her as a rescue when she was uh-huh. two um and she you know had been spayed but we always thought that it seemed like it looked like she had maybe had puppies so maybe <laughs> she's getting to do that here and as you know i i suppose sadly enough with the um that there's a lot more animals than there are homes. So there are probably some puppies having to go. And, um, oh, she's giving me, she's saying, yeah, she's, she's the one who get, she, one of her, if you can believe it, one of her job is to take care of the puppies that have had to go early because there's nobody, you know, that's the fact of life. There's nobody to, to home them. So they're in shelters and, uh, she, she gets them and mothers them and, uh, gets them, so that that uh, they're good again, and she she does the mothering and lets them lets them be their pup do their puppyhood stuff over on the other side. So, and um, she's in, she says she's kind of strict though. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty funny. She was such a good dog. Like our thing is, we we always said she never did anything wrong on purpose uh, um, because she was so big. We had wood yeah. floors, and she. You know, would she scratch the floors? Not her fault. And she would shake her head, and slobber would you know fly on the walls. We we actually mm-hmm. called it snart, like snot art. <laughs> and um, but those were the only two things. I mean, we you could leave a turkey on the table and leave, and she would she wouldn't eat it. So she never did anything wrong on purpose, is what we used to say. Yeah, and so she is she's carrying that tradition on to make sure that these these are well behaved and well mannered. <laughs> <laughs> little pups uh, as they grow even if it's in the spirit world she's still um she's setting a setting a good standard a high standard um let me ask her if she has anything um
she, um, and oh, so I got to tell you my joke. My joke when I do this with people and I'm quiet, I say, promise you I'm not texting while we're <laughs> so I'm not texting. Um, so she, she's, she may be back. I don't know if I, I have met animals who I feel have reincarnated even in my own family. So she may be back. If you believe in that stuff, if you don't, don't worry about it. But um, she she may come back to you. She, 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 she thinks she'd like to try a smaller body next time. <laughs> <laughs> Not tiny, tiny, but, you know, probably something under 50 pounds. Yeah. Um, I love it. Yeah. And um, she, would, she wouldn't mind coming back with you guys. It might be a while, though. She's having a lot of fun on this side. Just enjoying, enjoying life on this side. Well, she ruined us. We can't imagine having a, a better dog ever. <laughs> <laughs> she was truly our kid. I mean, truly she, our kid. She, she. How what would be the word for it? So uh, she's showing me like if how delighted a dog is in a field of grass in a meadow of flowers and running around and, and um, jumping and being on their back. And she's saying that living with you was like that for her. It was delightful. Um, just like the best you know, she said better than what she hoped for. So, um, you, she is true. She's really grateful for that. Uh, she's really, oh, she's really happy. That's, that's I, now you're gonna make me cry. <laughs> uh, uh, well, yeah. Well, then I'm hoping that means that she, you're really feeling the connection. She's. She, She's been pretty busy, but if if you want, she will come and stop by. I don't know. She it doesn't feel like she's done that much. Like she's just been so enjoyed, tied up with the puppies. But if you want, she she might make her presence known. Uh, well, uh, we would love just, that. We'd love whatever, that. Whatever that, of course. Whatever that. However that manifests. Okay, so. Um, I, I give you a list because people just, uh, it helps to like put it in your mind so you notice it. So she, you might hear, might hear her bark. You might feel her sitting on the couch next to you or down at your feet. You might, I can't even, somebody, somebody tell me that they woke up to the feeling of their dog licking their face. <laughs> <laughs> no, I would take that. <laughs> I'll take so, that. You know, you might see her in a dream. A lot of people see in the the animals, not dogs, not just dogs, uh, dogs, cats, and and other animals in their dreams. And um, uh, my mother-in-law's cat used to come and sleep next to her um, on the bed, and she could feel him jumping up and get and snuggling in. So, um, all that's possible, and just yeah, be open to it. And she said she will see what she can do to come on down and say hi to you. Oh, I see her licking your hand. I don't know what that will feel like. <laughs> but she just showed me licking the hand. So, you know, you let me know. Uh, I, yeah, I recognize it. If I, if I felt it, I would know. You would know. You would certainly know that some, you know, something brushes against your hand. So that's what I felt. Um, anything else for her that you'd like to share? Or Just that she was the love of our life. I mean, you know, an amazing, amazing 10 years. We had her. She was 13 when she passed away. But like I said, we got her when she was two. And, you know, we were just starting building our, our we had just built our house and we, you know, just gotten married and basically got our child yeah. <laughs> that we had for a decade and, uh, you know, forever grateful. Yeah. So she, she's showing me herself in your as a baby, you know, it's like a puppy and ours so that's telling me that she felt the same way she so felt that she absolutely felt the same bond uh, of being your child even if she's all grown up still 
that's the kind of that's the kind of bond she had she felt with you guys too she she's she's really she's really good right now she's she's just light and airy and happy um that's so good it's kind of like a thousand and one dalmatians is what she just said to me (laughs) (laughs) okay i love it thank you thank you so much for that that um yeah i'm glad this isn't video because people would see that i have tears in my eyes right now which which would be okay which would be okay but um I really, really appreciate you doing that. that I'm was- glad to do it. It was, it was wonderful. And I just want to thank, thank you, Billy, for coming and, and connecting here because it's, it's, it's a lot. It's so much. It's so great. Thank you so much. My heart's very warm, and, and it's kind of the afterglow of doing this kind of stuff. Yeah. I love it. I, I feel like that, too. It's like, whoa, that was kind of uh, takes you away for a second. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Mary Beth. Thank you so much. You're welcome. For that you know, two last things I want to ask you: if if you have advice for someone who wants to create a life on their terms, right? Whether they want to become an animal communicator or they're being called to something else, and 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 they're just not sure, you know, how to make that leap, how to get started what would be your one piece of advice to help someone just get started on creating a life on their terms? I would, I would, uh, I would look for the doors that open and the doors that close. If, and you know, if you have your intention to do it, move forward in the direction you think you want to go. And if the door opens up, yeah, go for it. If the door closes, say, well, let me let me move a little bit. I thought anyway. I had some doors close on me that I thought I really want. That was really what I wanted to do. And if those doors didn't close, I wouldn't have made. I wouldn't have um, been open to an intuitive hit that led me in the direction. So, you know, listen to those intuitive hits that that don't make sense, but you're just like, oh, I just got an intuitive hit that I should do this. Try it out. See how it goes. You know, does it light you up? Go another direction, you know, in the universe through people generally are going to say no. <laughs> no, it just doesn't work out. And, you know, pay attention to which way you're being led, pushed, guided, directed. I, You know, I love that. So often I feel like in life we're pushing, pushing, pushing. This is what I want. Yeah. Like we, we and we're, and sometimes we get so firm, so planted yeah. in that and that we just um, it's like nope I know what I want and nothing you know and of course mm-hmm. you do have to work hard for what you want you do. But, but what I'm hearing you saying is like right pay pay attention don't don't just trample through um, pay attention to the signs what the universe yeah. is also yeah. telling you or showing you it's, it's particularly for those of us who, who are listening and saying you know I really want to do the right the best thing for, you know, in this lifetime, I, then I think that you will get the signs, you will hear it, you will see it or feel it. Um, you might get the two fight for a couple times. I've had that more than once in my life. It's just, hell no. <laughs> and sometimes it may think, you, you think, but, but this is what I really want. Yeah. And what I find interesting is um, sometimes it's, you get what you want, but it might not look like what you thought it was going to look like. Right. You know, um, I've always been passionate about interviewing people and, um, but I didn't, I didn't imagine five years ago I would be doing a a podcast and doing it that way. Mm -hmm. So sometimes things, you have to be open to maybe what it'll look like too, right? How it'll manifest. Right. Right. Because mine started as, actually I started massage and then energy healing and then which it was just like a river meandering, it seemed like. And then all of a sudden, the boat stopped, and I got off at animal communication. <laughs> at least that's how it feels to me. You know, it was like we had to do some movement. And, you know, this, and right, and I didn't picture that at the beginning. Right, but those things led you and prepared they you did. for this. Yes. I love it. That is fabulous, fabulous advice. And I know people may be interested in learning more, reading more about your story, about 
your work or wanting to contact you directly to have you do some work with them and their um, their, their animals and their family, what is the best way for people to reach you? Well, th- I believe that it would probably be with my website because all my contact information is on there. It's sacredgrove.com, S-A-C-R-E-D-G-R-O-V-E.com. Um, and that, then you can find my phone number. You can, you know, you can, uh, uh, it's all on there. And then you can, you can also get a good feel for what I do. Thanks for asking. And I think you have some great materials on there too that people can just get right from your, from your site as well. And um, this is this has been so special and um, unexpected in so many ways. And you know, as you said at the very beginning of the interview, hmm, how are we? How is the animal communicator connect to the seven L process? And um, you know, in some way, in so many ways, um, there's a beautiful connections and and symbolic ways and literal ways and I so appreciate you sharing in such an authentic way your your story your work um, your life's lessons truly truly appreciate your time today thank you and thank you for giving me the opportunity to talk in this way um, it's just been glorious actually and, and getting to talk to Bailey is like woohoo <laughs> <laughs> that that was the icing on the cake. Thank yes, you for ma'am. thank you for doing that. I, my, the rest of my day is is going to be warm. You mentioned the word warm, and I, I do. I feel I feel warm inside, and um, that that was just extra special, extra special gift. Um, truly, the the best to you, Mary Beth. Thank, thank you, thank you. you so much. Well, everybody, thank you again for joining me on another episode of Life on Your Terms please visit the website at L-O-Y-T Inner Compass and share your comments, questions, or suggestions for future topics. And until next time, I hope you are inspired and have the courage to live life on your terms.